<laughs> oh yeah. Uh, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Aid Thompson and Other Disappointments. Uh, with me, your host, Aid Thompson, serving as your tour guide to this depressing, soul-beating, hope-soiling, optimism vacuum in which we live. And by that, of course, I mean the formerly Great Britain. Um, before we get started, I suppose I should talk very briefly about the gigs that I've got coming up. I've got two big, sexy shows for you guys. Um, the upcoming one, the impending one, is uh, Thursday the 28th of September. That's in London. That's just me. That's like a live thing of this podcast. I'm looking forward to it. It's me, Otto English, John Left of the Countryside, Ashley Hayden. It's going to be booze, stand-up. I've sort of styled it like a kind of cult sermon night so it's gonna be a bit culty a bit funny a bit boozy um i'm looking forward to it it's, it's gonna be fun man um you can still get tickets for that if you go to the link in the description of this show it's funk27.co.uk forward slash shows you can get tickets to that and also the riot society which is coming up on the 10th of november that's me super tansky danny price marina perkis dane baptiste it's gonna be fun man so uh, hit that link in the description. Try and get yourself a ticket before they all sell out and you miss out like you miss out on everything. Um, anyway, that's enough of the uh, of the promo for now. Uh, what's going on in the news, man? What's happening? What's what's developed? What's actually got some meat on the bones that we can talk about? What's the big story right now? Cheers, by the way. Um, the big story right now, politically, domestically in the UK, of course, is China. Isn't it? China is the current moral panic, as far as I can see. Uh, if you don't follow my punk politics videos on YouTube, which I've, I've just started doing about a month ago, um, uh, you won't know really that I've been looking into this and, and some of the stuff that I've I've come out with. But like a quick recap, maybe for some of you who who haven't been up to speed with those videos. Um, basically, it's, it's like this, guys. OK, like we we have a prime minister who's been a conservative MP since uh, 2015, I want to say. Is it? Is that when he was elected? I think, I think it was about that. Elected in and he served under Theresa May and Boris Johnson, and then he went for the leadership and he became PM. We'll just completely scoot over Liz Truss. I don't think Liz Truss counts, man. All right. We've all had temp jobs. <laughs> lasted longer than Liz Truss. So let's just, you know, skip over her. So he was elected. He served under Theresa May, Boris Johnson, and then he went for the leadership and he became prime minister. And throughout that whole time, remember when Theresa May was leader? Do you remember that? And the whole thing with Brexit, right, was that they didn't investigate Russian interference in the referendum. Do you remember that? And it was basically because they didn't like the idea of what they might find. That was it. Like the Tory party took so much cash from Russian donors, from oligarchs, from people connected to... Right? Like, I mean, it like it's not even we'll get onto that in a minute. Like, but basically, neither Theresa May nor Boris Johnson seem to want to go anywhere near a thorough investigation into what role Russia played 
in the Brexit referendum. <laughs> Neither one of them had any appetite whatsoever. And I suppose there's a you know, few different conclusions you could draw from that, right? Like at best, like a generous interpretation might be that Brexit had been voted for. It was, at least to observers, it was the will of the people. And the Tories had made it their doctrine, basically. So the idea that it might now be coloured by malicious actors, by adversarial states. Like the integrity of that vote and of their project, of their doctrine, might be called into question if they started picking around, picking at that scab. And where would that leave them? If you actually pulled the integrity of that under the spotlight, you know, it would leave them floating aimlessly towards a second referendum, wouldn't it? So it's possible when we're looking for conclusions as to why they wouldn't be keen to investigate interference in that referendum, no matter how rumoured it was. It's possible that the reason that they didn't investigate, that they had no appetite, was just out of political, you know, embarrassment and self-preservation ideals. You know, that's why they didn't want to look at it. But at worst, it is also possible that Russian influence within the Conservative Party played a role directly. Like, do you remember the wife of Putin's finance minister, right? I think her name's Ch Chernukin. Is it Veronica Chernukin? Something V Chernukin. I don't know. But she's the wife or ex-wife of Putin's finance minister, right? And she's like the biggest donor to the Tories over the last decade. Whatever. And then you've got Lebedev partying with Johnson directly after that NATO meeting, you know? I don't know, sometimes before, like, before before that party happened. Like, can you imagine? Like, he, he would have phoned up Boris, wouldn't he? He would have been like, Boris, my old chum, my old friend. I am having a few friends over to my mansion on the 14th. Just just a few friends, you know, from from the worlds of uh, politics, media, and prostitution, and uh, compromat. And uh, uh, the 14th, you say? The, oh, oh, blast. Uh, it looks like, yeah, I'm actually at a, at a NATO Security Council meeting that day. A NATO Security Council meeting, you say? Oh, well, I, I had no idea. I, I'm sure we can work around that, uh... Boris or Alexander or whatever you were calling yourself this week. Well, why don't you just get your, your busy work out the way and then come straight to us afterwards. We we will have the wine and the cheese waiting for you. Oh, oh lovely. Evgeny. Oh, you really are a great friend. Lebedev's just like, yes. You know, like, Mr. Burns, like, scheming. He's like, yeah, I'll just invite the Foreign Secretary directly from a NATO Security Council meeting with all this paperwork? I'll have him fly straight in? Yeah. Things are going pretty well for old Evgeny Lebedev. But no, so they didn't, they didn't want to look into the Russian relationship between people like Boris Johnson and Lebedev, and they didn't want to investigate the use of bots 
and finance and donations and all of that either. And that's just the Tories, by the way, in terms of <laughs> who didn't want to take a look at this, right? That's just the Conservative Party and maybe the Met. If some, you know, frothing activisty type maybe got bored enough one day in between, you know, bashing one out in pure anger over PMQs and making TikToks and <laughs> all the other stuff that we activists do, right? Like maybe if they got bored enough one day, they might have asked the Met to look at it. But like neither the Met nor the Tories, nobody looked into it from a criminal or political perspective. Nobody cared. But also, you'll be delighted to learn that on top of that, so that's criminal and political, right? You will be shocked to hear that nobody looked into it from a security services perspective either. Like, nobody cared. I think it was the head of, was it the head of MI6? Or someone, they went to a select committee hearing or so, and they were asked if there was evidence of Russian interference in elections and referenda. And I was just blown away. <laughs> The response, because the official line was basically like, "No, no, no, we, we, we didn't find any, um, because, uh, because we we haven't looked into it, and uh, also, yeah, no, not not even now. I mean, no, no even even now, there are, there are basically no protections in place to safeguard British democracy from that kind of attack." I was like, "Oh, amazing! Oh, that is incredible! Great work, guys! Like, really?" Are we seriously saying the security services, the spies, the engineers, the intelligence gatherers, the analysts from MI5 right through MI6 and back, like none of them ever stood to one side and went, hang on, hang on a second. What if someone decided to upend our democracy using modern means? You know, nobody said that. Nobody ever raised their hand and suggested that might be a possibility. And so anyway, when the Russia report finally did come out and say all of this stuff, you know, like we're asleep at the wheel. Nobody was checking what influence Russia were trying to gain. Nobody had processes in place to restrict Kremlin-connected donors. Nobody wanted to look <laughs> because they were scared of what they might find. Like, still, even now, I don't think there's any real protections in place, even now, in 2023. We are just as exposed, even after everything that's happened, to the same type of thing happening all over again. <laughs> like, nobody gives a flying one, do they? And yet, you know, to bring this back to the topic of today's podcast and, you know, what's in the news at the moment. If we look at the response to the China stuff, I mean, it's almost comical, isn't it? It's like parodic. Because with, with Russia, with Brexit, they didn't want to look into it. 
with China, with getting, you know, the prime minister's car bugged, with spies getting arrested in parliament now. And and now suddenly the Tories are like, like, what was the quote the other day I saw? Um, it was a, it was a express headline. If that gives you a little <laughs> inkling of the credibility I'm about to come out with. It was like, um, it said, uh, Sunak will not accept interference in UK democracy. <laughs> like, do these people have any self-awareness at all? Like, none, really. Like, first up, Rishi will not accept interference in UK democracy. Is like, like, when are you talking about here, guys? When are you... Rishi will not accept interference in UK democracy because I thought you guys are fine with it if not fine I thought you you know you didn't want to know <laughs> in fact how do you even know or suspect who is or isn't interfering with UK democracy you're too scared to go looking remember you're too worried what you might find and secondly Rishi will not accept interference in UK democracy. Like, even if we assume that you do have the cojones to take on China, I will not accept interference. Wait, you know, come on, man. Live in reality for just a moment. Just a four-day weekend. I'm begging you to live in reality. Even if you were serious about warning China that you will not accept interference like what exactly do you expect president xi jinping to do in response to this warning really like what are we expecting is the outcome of this warning <laughs> i i will i will not accept interference in uk democracy i'm like oh really oh really you 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 will not accept. Well, I will not accept Quasi Quartang turning my mortgage into my new rebranded trust fund. But I'm not really in a bargaining position here, am I, Rish? I'm not coming from a position of strength to not accept what is probably going to keep on happening to me anyway, regardless of such non-acceptance. You know what I mean? I'm not in a position of strength with that. It's ridiculous. Like, I will not accept interference in UK like does he seriously think China are gonna be like yeah yeah um launch the spy balloons okay yeah no that's that's done president uh Z. and and you've put the bugs in this car yep yeah they're all installed uh, we've been listening for months okay and you've got two parliamentary researchers with full access to the house yeah yeah we got them locked down they're on the payroll uh they're providing intelligence back to us Okay, and, and we're gleaning billions of data like off their population via, you know, nefarious engineers behind the cuddly front of TikTok, are we? Yeah, yeah. No, we've been doing that for years now. Um oh, oh wait, wait, I'm I'm sorry, uh President Xi Jinping. I I'm really sorry. This is this has just come in. Uh it says here their prime minister has warned you he won't accept democratic interference. Oh, oh drat. Oh, well, that, do you know what? That was fun while it lasted. Wind it up, lads. Game over. No, no. they're just going to crack on. Aren't they? 
I will not accept. Yeah, okay. All right. It, it's fine. Just sit down. Sit down, Rish. I mean, the whole thing makes little sense to me anyway, you know, as I've as I've said in the punk politics stuff, like. Like when the spy balloon stuff was happening. I was like, why would they fly spy balloons over American cities like that? You know, like giant floating billboards for espionage. Like it seems it feels so old world and so obvious. Like, wouldn't it be easier to just hack people's phones, you know, their emails, get their personal data? Or like, actually, do you know what? If we're going to live in the real world, wouldn't it just be easier for them to buy people's personal data? Right. But then anyway, but like that was, you know, the spy balloons in America. But like, let's bring it closer back to home again. Like, it's possible they've compromised a couple of parliamentary researchers. It's possible they've bugged rishi sunak's car these things are possible but it just seems like a lot of trouble to me you know and with a high risk of getting found out you know and having that geopolitical embarrassment when wouldn't it just be easier for them to join rishi sunak's breakfast club you know <laughs> like i don't know how many of you remember this because lord knows the news cycle moves quicker all the time i know that but do you remember try and take your, your memory back about two or three years uh it's when johnson was still in and it was revealed that there was a secret quote-unquote advisory board that's what they called it and this advisory board had secret meetings with no minutes taken, with exclusive access to the Chancellor of the Exchequer and the Prime Minister. And all you had to do to get a seat at the table was donate £250,000 to CCHQ. Oh, do you remember that? <laughs> like that, that in itself should be a national scandal. Like just absorb it for just take it in for a moment. Business leaders, billionaires, people who objectively, inarguably, would want to buy policy, to lose red tape, to make their staff work longer hours, for shorter holidays, for less money, not have to pay into their pensions. They'd love to sack off human rights, to gain access to government contracts without a bidding process. Those guys, right? They pay 250 grand each to CCHQ, not to the government, not to the public money coffers, so it could be used on things that you and I might benefit from, but to the Conservative Party, who can then spend it on campaigning and putting out fake newspapers in Surrey. They pay 250 grand each to gain access to the PM and Chancellor in secret meetings where nothing is recorded or published for transparency. Like, how does that not stink to high heaven? Anyway, back to my point. If indeed I had a point. Oh. Yes, oh, I remember. So it feels to me like if China wanted to gain influence, to gain intel, from the establishment to push 
our politics in a certain direction. Like, why wouldn't they just do what everyone else does and toss a check to CCHQ? Like, it would be so much cheaper, apart from anything else. And it would save you the embarrassment, but mostly it would be so much cheaper. Like, do you have any idea how much money it must have cost China to find UK-based espionage professionals willing to betray their own country, you know, and install listening devices on a prime minister's car? Like, how much that whole operation must have sent them back? Because I don't either. I don't know how much that would have cost. But I can guarantee you it would be significantly more expensive than the tens of thousands of pounds it costs to get the ear of a cabinet conservative. <laughs> like, they are so cheap. You're talking about a tens of millions of pounds espionage operation there. Or you can donate £20,000 to CCHQ and gain influence. You'd think it'd be a million or something, wouldn't you? Or at least like, you know, six or seven hundred grand. But no, you too can actually get some political representation. <laughs> You will no longer be voiceless and politically homeless, dear listeners, if you can just cough up a measly 50 or 60 grand <laughs> to give to Conservative Party campaigning headquarters. I mean, don't get it twisted, by the way. Like they will, they will not accept the salary that you pay to them as their MP salary. They won't accept that as a donation. <laughs> or, you know, or any kind of call on them to represent you. You can curl up and die with that fanciful fantasy you've developed for yourself there. <laughs> That's, that is not applicable. They don't accept that. It's like Amex in some restaurants. They're like, nah, this is not, not good here. I'm sorry. Incidentally, like, I would love to prank call CCHQ one time, <laughs> you know? And try to, like, you know, present their minister's salary to them, to CCHQ, as though, like, that's my donation. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd love to do that. You know, just to remind them of what the general public expect in return for us paying their bills. You know, like, I'd love to call them up and just pretend I'm a bigwig. Somewhere, you know, like I'm a billionaire businessman on the cusp of making a donation. I pick up the phone. I'll be like, yeah, hi, I'm um, I made Thompson from uh, from Pyramid Capital. Ah, P Pyramid Capital. I'm, I'm not familiar. Uh, what do you do? Well, we're a we're a glorified pyramid scheme, which sounds bad. I know, but we use very glossy marketing to cover up our disgusting corruption. So it is right up your street. Oh, right. Okay. Very much so. Yeah. And we only take money from the working and middle classes. So again, you and I, you know, natural bedfellows. I, I thought maybe, maybe we should talk. Right, right. You are. Yeah. What would you like to discuss specifically? Well, as I understand it, if I make a donation to the Conservative Party, uh, I can expect to gain access to cabinet ministers and in time I could acquire some sort of, you know, representation at the political level for my business interests and my concern. Right, right. I, I, sorry. 
lots of words there. What, what is it that you actually want from us? I want to buy policy. Oh, right. Oh, absolutely. Yep. That's what we're here for. Great. Great. Yes, I've heard. Uh, terrible things. Uh, now, um, here's, here's what I would like to achieve. Um, I would like the Minister for Housing to announce a wartime effort of house building, like loads of de-scoped green belt, uh, brownfield sites, compulsory purchase orders, international building companies brought in to bolster the effort to, to fix the housing crisis once and for all. And I want it announced this year. Oh, oh, goodness. Oh, well, that is, that is a biggie. And right, so here's, here's where I would get cheeky, right? I'd be like, I'd be like, right, well, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to make a donation. Oh, oh, I said, well, that that does always make things a little bit easier. I mean, I, I suppose we could arrange a meeting for, say, um, uh, 70,000. Well, why don't we make it 80? In fact, why don't we make it 86,584 pounds? Uh, that's a very specific. Yeah, it is. It is. It's the minister's salary. That's what he's paid by us to represent us and work for the public good. Now, how about you lot stop flogging off policy to billionaire donors and actually try fixing the country? God. Even my made-up exchanges <laughs> in my head get me angry now. Like, is that where I am psychologically these days? Like, I'm so far down the political dystopian rabbit hole, you know? Like, life and society have become so manifestly <laughs> unbelievable, you know? Like, satire is dead, and, and reality is unreal. Now, like, the, now even the insanity of my brain is sort of sufficiently real enough, like, possible enough, that it, too, can actually get me politically enraged now, also. I don't know getting deep now anyway where was i what was i talking about uh china china russia sunak and how sunak won't accept foreign interference in uk democracy he won't accept it and if china aren't careful guys if they keep on meddling <laughs> cool. MI6 might refuse to investigate it. <laughs> While CCHQ give them tickets to play tennis with David Cameron. So yeah, just, just think about that, China, before you go installing bugs and flying your balloons over here. There could be serious repercussions, like nobody looking into it whatsoever. What else is going on? Um, domestically, we've sort of covered at the moment. Over stateside... Biden is going to be impeached by the looks of it. I don't really know what to make of that. I mean, I suppose in these days of the Trumps, of the Tories, of the corrupt, of the sometimes downright evil, you know, it's sort of easy to allow yourself to be swallowed up in a sort of good and evil story sometimes isn't it 
It's like, oh, well, if, if this guy over here is evil or hugely corrupt or sociopathic or whatever, then this guy over here, who's not that bad, like he's just okay, but like it's easy to think that he's good because comparatively he is, you know, right? But just because this guy's not a sociopathic narcissist who would sell America to the highest bidder, it doesn't mean he's as pure as Christ, right? <laughs> doesn't mean his, his sheets are totally clean. And I really think maybe that's the trap that a lot of us have fallen into with Joe Biden. Like, I mean, it's it, look, it's early days yet, yeah, obviously. And as far as I can tell, there's been no published proof or even really any evidence of wrongdoing but the statement that that mccarthy guy came out with uh, earlier was pretty damning um and i sort of feel like when they come out with that stuff they would be sued or they would you know they wouldn't be allowed to say this sort of stuff out loud although i don't know you know what like trump and boris johnson used to say all manner of ridiculous stuff and nobody ever sued them for it but anyway the stuff that this McCarthy guy came out with earlier sounded pretty bad. There's a lot of talk of, um, you know, lies and bribes, testimony from people and millions of dollars getting funneled through shell companies into the Biden's estate. Like, it, it doesn't sound good. I'm going to prepare you for it. Set your expectations for the purity of Joe Biden at fairly dirty if this statement was much to go by but here is the silver lining dear listeners i feel like if it does turn out that he's crooked which look it's still possible that it's all hot air like it's all just over egging a thing here and hyperbole over there and it's so they know that it'll never go anywhere but it's a way for the republican party to distract from trump's like what is it 90 criminal charges like like it could be that still you know as cynical as that sounds and deluded as that sounds but like it could be it could be like hey guys uh you, you say that donnie's a bit shady well well look at your boy joey look he's foul look at him and then you know and then it turns out that there's actually nothing to it maybe you know it's just posturing and distortion you know maybe it turns out that the funneling the money to shell companies actually just turns out to be a legitimate government transaction with the company shell <laughs> or something right and then, then we're all like oh well, you said it in a different way man like you let us on a little bit there and like it could be that but if it turns out that he's crooked i think the silver lining of that is like well, here's how I think. Like, I think it doesn't mean that you were an idiot for putting your trust in him or in the Democrats or in the lesser of two evils at the last election. Like, I feel like you're not an idiot for wanting the better of two terrible options to be the American president. You're not. But also of equal importance, you should take solace in the fact that that we as left-leaning progressive types you know whether you're in the uk or the us like we can look at one of our own if you like and we can go yeah you know if if he's crooked he should go you know and there's real integrity in that 
There's real character in being able to do that. You know, in saying like, ah, I liked him. I wish that he hadn't done X or, you know, but if he has done it, yeah, he should go, you know, because I'm sorry to say this, but. Well, actually, I mean, I'm not that sorry to say like it's endlessly funny <laughs> when I see it displayed. But like if you're on the right, right, if you're a Trumpy guy or a Brexity guy. You know, maybe you loved Boris. Or you spend your life railing against trans people or black people or whatever. Like, if that's you, like, you guys are demonstrably incapable of a rational response when it happens to one of your own. <laughs> like, you really are. Like, when a left-leaning face turns out to be awful or to have done something awful, the people on the left, by and large, go, yeah, well, he should... He should go like when right wingers heroes get caught up in something, they're like, no, no, it's it's not fair. It, it wasn't him. It, it, leave him. Leave Britney alone. You know, like it's pathetic. It's childlike. And it's levels deep funny, too, because being as dumb and childish as they are, being as insular and ignorant as they are, like they assume that everyone else is just as cynical and dumb as they are. Because it would actually take more than one firing synapse in their brain to reason that other people are more intelligent or possess more compassion than them, you know? So they think we are just as dumb as they are. So when something does happen, like a crooked Biden thing, or, you know, another seemingly progressive person falls, like a, like a Louis C.K., or whatever. Then they go, ha, ah, yeah. If that was a, if that was a Republican, locking their office door and asking women if he could bash one out, you, you'd be losing your minds right now. But oh, but now it's it's one of your own. It's a comedian that you like. So oh, I suppose you think he should be given an Emmy and told to crack up. You're pathetic, you you liberal cuck. You're so biased. You don't even you know. Until you respond, like, well, no. No, actually, um, I mean, if he's yeah, if he's done those things that they say that he's done, no, he should, he should go. And then they're like, ha, see, I, I knew, wait, uh, what? <laughs> it breaks their brain. Like, I remember when I was on LBC that time, man. And there was Ian Dale hosting, uh, who was lovely, by the way. Uh, charming gentleman is Ian Dale. And there was me and there was a young conservative lady and there was Bob. Uh, what's his name? The sausage guy. The, you know, Tory MP from the Isle of Wight, I think. He, did he break lockdown? <laughs> he got caught at barbecue eating sausages. Or something like I can't remember what it was now, but for some reason I get sausages in my head whenever I think of him. <laughs> Bob something. Bobby Sausages, we'll call him. Like, that's his he was a douche anyway, but, you know. Oh, and there was another guy who I, th I think he was a sort of Midlands Labour, possibly a Lib Dem. I think he was Labour, though. Um, but anyway, so I'm on LBC with these guys. And we were talking about Johnson and the Partygate committee hearing. And, and I'd said something about how we need to see accountability. There should be repercussions for lying to Parliament and to the public and holding us in such contempt and... 
you know, and they were like, all oh, right, OK, oh, I, I suppose you'd be the same if it was Nicola Sturgeon, would you? Yeah, yeah. You, you'd want to see her hauled in front of a committee and banned from politics for life or, for, you know, whatever her nonsense turns out to be, would you? And I was amazed that this is even a sort of half gotcha kind of thing. Like, I was like, yeah, maybe she should be banned, you know, if she's done bad things. Maybe she should be. Like, I don't hero worship, man. I just don't. It's a bad fudging idea. <laughs> I'm desperately trying to stay on the right side of the YouTube algorithm here. I really am. I'm not even joking. Like, I need this to start generating money. So prepare yourselves for lots of me calling people Mother Hubbards <laughs> and fudge and oh, shoot and gosh and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't hero worship, man. Like it's not good. It's not healthy, especially not at this age. Like it's not good when you're a teenager even because all that happens is the band split up or the singer dies or, you know, one of them turns out to be a pedophile or something, or they lock women in their office and bash one out to them. Like, honestly, like my heroes, my idols, when I was growing up right through to when I was about even 32, were like Michael Jackson, Kurt Cobain, Big Proof from D12, and then Louis C.K. And literally every one of them let me down in some colossal way. Like my CD and DVD collection used to be like an ensemble cast movie of suicides and sex offenders. <laughs> like, like, do not hero worship. Like... False idols and all that. It's one of the commandments. Read it up. Um, I mean, I will say this, you know, don't hero worship unless it's, you know, part of my Patreon cult, of course, which, you know, like, I'm going to try not to let you guys down, but I can't 100% promise I won't give up on everything one, one gloomy Monday. <laughs> blow my brains out in a side garage commit Cobain just as a side note man like I, I love this idea that Kurt Cobain killed himself because he couldn't take the fame you know couldn't take the fame that's that's why he ended he just it was just too much like he seemed fine a couple of years before you know playing his songs touring having fun in the interviews and then what happened he had a baby that's what happened i always say man like kurt cobain seemed fine before he had a two-year-old then that's the variable there that's one change that's how hard fatherhood is man it makes it makes men get up and walk out of their own homes <laughs> they just grab their keys and wallets and leave 300,000 pound assets and walk out with nothing because they're like, oh, it's too hard. It's not worth it. Like, like, I love you. I do. But, you know, somewhere deep down, like you, you can never put a price on it. But but right now. It's somewhere south of 300,000 pounds because I am leaving with nothing. That's how hard fatherhood is. Fatherhood is so hard. That Kurt Cobain, a millionaire, handsome, 
global rock star, achieving his dream, playing to adoring fans, winning awards, the envy of the industry, million dollar house, and still, he was like, oh, not worth it. <laughs> I'm out. But yeah, anyway, what was I saying? Fallen heroes, right? Being able to accept when someone has let you down. And that is the thing that I think separates, you know, lefties, for want of a better word, from the right wingers, you know, is we're not ashamed to say, oh, man, you know, that guy let me down. I thought he was cool. Like, to us, there's a strength in that, isn't there? To us, there's integrity and strength. And you know what? Somewhat perversely, there's strength in that vulnerability, you know? Like, we liked this person because we thought they reflected the positives of the human experience. You know, not to sound too pretentious now, but but now maybe we feel like we're let down because actually they're not quite what we had hoped for. But to us, that's not, you know, it's not a weakness in us that we placed our trust in someone. It's actually a signifier of, like, our hope of our need for heroes or for people who possess those qualities that we were drawn to, you know? So it's a strength. Whereas for the right, I've, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm sure it's not all of them. I'm sure there's some half nice, compassionate, decent people on the, you know, sort of centre, centre right or whatever. I'm sure it's not all of them. But for a lot of them, it feels like they look at someone like Biden with these accusations getting thrown around that you know the talk of the funneling money to shell accounts the bribes and and whatever else i think i feel like they look at biden and then they go ah see we told you he was just as bad as our guy whom whom we won't hear anything bad ever said about but yeah you know they're, they're all the same they're just as bad as each other there's no point in in anything like you know quick quick vote for the even worse guy with like 90 criminal charges because he the even worse guy it's gonna fix it <laughs> somehow guys i gotta go i gotta i gotta turn in early i gotta get some sleep or or i am not gonna be awake in time to go to guys i gotta go I, I gotta turn in early i gotta get some sleep or i am not gonna be awake in time to join rishi's donors breakfast club i'm just not so i'll leave you with this who's who's coming on the 28th Thursday the 28th of September. You can grab tickets still in the link in the description. Funk27.co.uk forward slash shows. You can also get tickets to the Riot Society on the 10th of November. Uh, big shout outs to the Patreons. Uh, whose names I shall now read. For no particular reason. In the accent of a mid-90s rapper. Because you guys contribute. You're the money men. Who produce my content. You know, in a way. Um, so here we go, right? Mid '90s rapper reeling off his producers. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey yo, uh, what's up? What's up? Uh, big shouts, big love, man. It's all love to uh, Bowman, uh, Kai, Christie, David Voice, uh, Martin Maracas, uh, Mojo Sabian, Peter Del Monte, uh, Pingu, Silent, uh, Stuart Chesmer, T Rex in a top hat, Aaron Smith. Alex uh, Suter, uh, Jeff McGow, Ned Berg, Sarah Setters, uh, Simon Flack, uh, Ailsa, uh, Chris Sorley, Malcolm, uh, Rodri, and Carrie. It's all love.
I don't know why I felt the need to do that. Anyway, look, I'm back on Friday for the 7.30pm Friday night show. Till next time, keep it booge, and I'm out this mother hubbard. Oh.